Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 106, verses 1 through 6, 13 through 23, and 47 to 48. Praise the Lord. O give thanks to the Lord, for she is good. For her steadfast love endures forever. Who can utter the mighty doings of the Lord, or declare all her praise? Happier those who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, when you show favor to your people. Help me when you deliver them, that I may see the prosperity of your chosen ones, that I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation, that I may glory in your heritage. Both we and our ancestors have sinned, we have committed iniquity, have done wickedly. But they soon forgot her works, they did not wait for her counsel, but they had a wanton craving in the wilderness and put God to the test in the desert. She gave them what they wanted, but sent a wasting disease among them. They were jealous of Moses and the camp and of Aaron, the Holy One of the Lord. The earth opened up and swallowed Dathan and covered the faction of Abiram. Fire also broke out in their company. The flame burned up the wicked. They made a calf at Horeb and worshipped a cast image. They exchanged the glory of God for the image of an ox that eats grass. They forgot God, their Savior, who had done great things in Egypt, wondrous works in the land of Ham and awesome deeds by the Red Sea. Therefore she said she would destroy them, had not Moses, her chosen one, stood in the breach before her, to turn away her wrath from destroying them. Save us, O Lord, our God, and gather us from among the nations, that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting, and let all the people say, Amen. Praise the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 15 through 20. Since you saw no form when the Lord spoke to you at Horeb out of the fire, take care and watch yourselves closely, so that you do not act corruptly by making an idol for yourselves in the form of any figure, the likeness of male or female, the likeness of any animal that is on the earth, the likeness of any winged bird that flies in the air, the likeness of anything that creeps on the ground, the likeness of any fish that is in the water under the earth. And when you look up to the heavens and see the sun, the moon, and the stars, all the host of heaven, do not be led astray and bow down to them and serve them, things that the Lord your God has allotted to all the peoples everywhere under heaven. But the Lord has taken you and brought you out of the iron smelter, out of Egypt, to become a people of, of his, own, his very own possession, as you are now. 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 9 through 25. For it is a credit to you if, being aware of God, you endure pain while suffering unjustly. If you endure when you are beaten for wrongdoing, what credit is that? But if you endure when you do right and suffer for it, you have God's approval. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was abused, he did not return abuse. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. 
He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that free from sins we might live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were going astray like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. Good morning and welcome to the 13th Tuesday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 106, Deuteronomy 4, and 1 Peter 2. And Peter, um, Peter as an apostle, we don't know if this is really written by him, but the apostle Peter was kind of hard-headed, um, outspoken, um, and not incredibly bright, um, and a little, a little nervous when it came down to it. He betrayed Jesus, um, because he watched what was going on and he just, yeah, he buckled in the moment. Um, but he strikes me as kind of a grunt, um, that hard headedness, kind of gregarious, loud, both in, in language and in behavior. Um, and when I read things like first Peter two, uh, really kind of drives it home for me. Um, and, when he says, if you endure when you do right and suffer for it, you have God's approval. And it even goes further that this is uh, what we have been called to because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you should follow in his steps. And there's a there's a real fine line between um, martyrdom and uh, self-harm. I don't know if I'd say suicide, but, um, and I think, yeah, it's a fine line, but I think the intention is when suffering occurs and it is because you have done something right, um, that is what we're talking about. I recently got into a conversation with a friend of mine, uh, a long, long time friend, good friend who knows about, you know, my history with Duke and with certain Christians, and he was concerned because something I'd written recently um, seemed kind of, you know, uh, anim- not animated, but um, seemed to attack someone. And so I shared with him, like, how it was based on things I could verify through emails, etc. Um, but I told him, um, people, it's not that people, I've done something wrong and people don't like me, it's that I've done something right and people don't like me. Um, and that's what I think Peter is talking to. I don't intend to toot my own horn, but there's a really important distinction, not just between you know, not engaging in self-harm, but also in not everything people don't always like when you do right. Because when they're benefiting from the status quo and you're suffering for it, and you call that status quo out, people are going to get pissed off. Not because you've done something wrong. The suffering is not coming from wrongdoing. The suffering is coming from right doing. As Christians, we are called to live in the light, and we are called to communicate openly about this stuff. Um, but commun- open communication is not always easy. And when that open communication isn't entered into willingly by the people who benefit from the status quo or who have a disproportionate amount of power, 
the narrative gets framed as, oh, there's something wrong with him. There's something wrong with her. She's calling out, you know, uh, sexual abuse, which is just supposed to be par for the course. You know, this old old boys club, like, no, that is right that it gets called out. If that can't be addressed between, you know, a couple of people, and it usually can't, I don't just mean sexual abuse, I mean any kind of abuse, um, then it, when it breaks out into the open, the people who have, you know, their hands closer to the levers of power and closer to, you know, microphones to amplify their own message, they're going to frame it as, there's something wrong with you. There's not something wrong with me or the situation or how I'm using the power that I've been given. There's something wrong with you. And that's what Peter's talking about when uh, Peter refers to when you do right and suffer for it. Um, Because not all suffering is created equal. Some suffering is wrong. When you do something right, you're not supposed to suffer for it. Um, Life is supposed to be fair, unlike what your parents may have told you. I know my parents told me. Life is supposed to be fair. Um, It is people who are unfair. Um, Life actually is fair. I think I spoke about this, you know, a couple of weeks ago. You know, you look at nature, you know, you just can't grow certain crops in the shade. So if you've got a tree in your, in your, uh, in your fields, uh, it's not going to grow anything underneath there. There's just no space. There's no sunlight. There's not enough rain. It balances itself out. That is what life is created to be like. Fair, right? It just, there's not enough water. The, the, Whatever it is you're trying to plant in the shade just isn't going to take. Life is not fair because people are unfair. And that's an important distinction. Um, that sometimes um, uh, people will act unfairly to others. Um, and things like, you know, I talk every, every now and then about karma, like this idea that good things are supposed to happen to good people and bad things to bad people. That's a myth because we live in a world of free will. Um, you are not supposed to suffer for doing right. You do because people are unfair. People are supposed to suffer for doing wrong, but they don't because people are unfair. Um, so you may suffer for doing good. Do not seek out suffering. But when it happens, if, you, if it is because you have done right, then you are walking in Christ's footsteps. You can't you can't follow Christ down the path of suffering. You know, you can only follow his lifestyle. And rest assured that suffering will come. Uh, not just because truth, uh, speaking truth to power can be dangerous, um, but because little things uh, in people's lives um, can become idols. And those who fall more neatly into these stupid little categories that we create in our societies, they're going to try and shut down uh, the challenges to it by those who do not benefit nearly as much. Um, you know, we may commit no sin and no deceit is found in our mouth. That doesn't mean we won't suffer. Um, sometimes the people who are doing the best are doing so because they've benefited disproportionately more than their neighbors. Um, so when we are abused, don't return the abuse. When you suffer, don't threaten others. Um, and entrust yourself to the one who judges justly. Um, 
in doing so, that is what it means to bear witness to, to follow um, in the pattern of life that Christ exemplified, who was literally an example, you know, a literal example, um, not just in, in word, but in deed, uh, of what uh, the, the cruciform life, the life of God looks like. Prayer for those who suffer for the sake of conscience from the Book of Common Prayer. O God, our Father, whose Son forgave his enemies while he was suffering shame and death, strengthen those who suffer for the sake of conscience. When they are accused, save them from speaking and hate. When they are rejected, save them from bitterness. When they are imprisoned, save them from despair. And to us, your servants, give grace to respect their witness and to discern the truth, that our society may be cleansed and strengthened. This we ask for the sake of Jesus Christ, our merciful and righteous judge. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with pewpewhq in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.